In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. There is a strong link between the resurrection and the Eucharist, communion. And the Church understood this connection from very, very early. That's why the Church chose the day of resurrection to be the day of the liturgy. Sunday is the day of resurrection, and the day of the liturgy is Sunday, the day of the Lord. Also, St. David the prophet prophesied about the day of the resurrection, and he said, This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And if you remember, this is the psalm of the Feast of Resurrection, the psalm that's read before the Gospel. But this psalm became the song of the Church in every divine liturgy. Uh, when we chanted in Coptic, it's Alleluia Fai Baby. This is the day which the Lord has made. And last Sunday, the reading was about Jesus from John chapter 6 when he said, I am the bread of life. And again, today in the gospel, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And the and the bread that I will give is my flesh which I shall give for the life of the world. So, I want to explain today what is the connection between the Resurrection and the Eucharist. Many people ask this question, why God has to become man in order to save us? Why he didn't forgive us from heaven? He is God. If he said you are forgiven, then we are forgiven. Why he has to become human? The purpose of incarnation is not only to forgive our sin, but the purpose of incarnation is to be united with us. That's why God took our humanity, our whole humanity, and made it one with his divinity. So that we can, each one of us, can be united with the Lord Jesus Christ, can be united with God. As God took our humanity and made it one with his divinity, now each one of us can be united with him. And how we can be united with him? Through communion. By giving us his body and giving us his blood. So when I eat the body of the Lord and when I drink his blood, I will become one in him. As he said, he who eats 
my body and drinks my blood, abide in me and I in him. And when we abide in him and he abides in us, then everything he did in his life will be ours. What do I mean by this? For example, we have to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. But no one was able to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. But the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came, he fulfilled all righteousness. As he said to John the Baptist before baptism, it is ought for me to fulfill all righteousness. Then the only person who fulfilled all the righteous requirement of the law was Jesus Christ. Now, when I commune with him, when I eat his body and his blood and be united with him, then his righteousness will be my righteousness because I am one with him. And his fulfillment of all the righteous requirement of the law be mine. In him, I will be considered as I fulfilled all the righteous requirement of the law. Another example. The Lord Jesus Christ prayed, fasted, Definitely he didn't need to fast. But why he fasted and why he prayed? Our prayer and our fasting is deficient. Regardless, is deficient, not perfect. But his prayers, his fasting is perfect and complete. So when I am united with him in Eucharist, then when I pray, my prayer will be one with his prayer. So my prayer will be perfect because he prayed. My fasting will be perfect because he fasted. So my fasting is united with his fasting. God the Father will look at my fasting through the fasting of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will look at my prayer, at my worship, through the prayer and the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, before God the Father, I will be perfect, not because I became perfect in myself in separation from Christ. No, I cannot. No one can be perfect. But we are perfect in Christ Jesus. So, when people say, why God did not say, I forgive you, and that's it. Yes, if the goal is forgiveness, maybe he can do this. But the goal is beyond forgiveness. The goal is to be united with us. Yes, part of his incarnation is forgiveness. That's why he died on the cross to pay our debts to uh, give us victory over sin 
and to give us eternal life. Yes, it is purpose. But there is another purpose beyond forgiveness of our sins, which is be united with us. So, one time the Lord Jesus Christ said, in the world you will have many tribulations, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Can you imagine if a teacher in a school said to his students, uh, the exams will be very difficult this year, but don't worry because I passed the exams before you. Then the students will tell him, you passed the exams, but this has nothing to do with us. We are the one who will take the exam this year. It doesn't matter that you passed the exams 10 years before or five years before. So how can we understand this verse? The Lord said, in the world you will have many tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You overcome the world, but this how has nothing to do with us. Maybe that's how we think. But if we understand the concept of Eucharist, which is unity, to be abiding Christ and he abides in us, then the same concept applies. Yes, you will have many tribulations, but if you abide in me, remember that I have overcome the world. So in me, when you are, you are united with me, my victory over the world will be your victory. How I defeated temptation will be you, your, your, your victory. How I overcome the tribulations of the world will be your triumph and victory. So now this verse has a meaning. And now we understand it only through the eyes of resurrection and through the eyes of Eucharist. In the same way in the resurrection, he defeated death and he rose from the dead. Death reigned over all of us. We are under the sentence of death. But if we become one with the Lord Jesus Christ, then we can defeat death and we can overcome death and we can rise from the death. So in Eucharist, we become one with the Lord Jesus Christ. And since we are one, so as he defeated death and rose from the dead, we, or, we also will defeat death and will be risen from the dead. So, in the litany for the gospel, as you heard now, Abuna said at the end of it, for you are the life of us all, the salvation of us all, the hope of us all, and the resurrection of us all. Yes, he is our resurrection, because when we are united with him, only through him, 
we can actually be risen. Because his body is not only a living body, but a life-giving flesh. Now we understand this here on earth to fulfill the righteous requirement of God to be able to overcome tribulation for our prayers and our fasting and our worship to be perfect and to abolish death and to be risen. But what about eternal life? In the same way, when we are united with Christ, His glory will be our glory. So, if we united with Him and we carried the cross with Him and we suffer with Him and we become one with Him in Eucharist, then His glory will be our glory and we will be glorified with Him. That's why in the mountain of transfiguration something very important happened. Not only the Lord Jesus Christ was transfigured, but also Elijah and Moses appeared in glory with him to tell us that this glory will be yours if you are united with me in the Eucharist, will be glorified with him. And it's very interesting to know that the gospel of the first Saturday after resurrection is about transfiguration. The first Saturday after resurrection, the gospel is a gospel of the liturgy is about resurrection. Why? Is about transfiguration. Why? Because the, the church wants to tell us his resurrection is the road for our uh, transfiguration, for our glory to be glorified with him. Also, another important point about eternal life, why is Eucharist is very important. In the fraction of Bright Saturday, we say that the Lord Jesus Christ ascended and he entered beyond the veil into the Holy of the Holies. The place into which no one with human nature can enter. So no one with human nature can enter beyond the veil, beyond the Holy of the Holies in heaven. And then in the fraction we read, and he became a forerunner for us. What does this mean? The Lord ascended by our humanity and he entered into the heaven of heavens, the holy of holies, by our humanity. And here actually we should know that this place, no one with human nature can enter it. But now in the Lord Jesus Christ, his human nature is united with his divinity. Can anybody stop him? Can anybody tell him you cannot enter here? Absolutely not. So he entered with our humanity into the place into which no human nature should enter. 
why he did this. So when we are united with him and we become one with him in Eucharist, then we can enter into the Holy of the Holies. We can go beyond the veil in the heaven of heavens. And we can enter into the place, that place into which no one with human nature can enter. But why we can enter? Because we are abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are one with him and he is one with us. So, without Eucharist, this was impossible for us to enter into the Holy of the Holies. Without taking communion and becoming one with Christ, it is impossible for anyone with human nature to enter beyond the veil. And that's why it is said after this, and he became a forerunner, forerunner. You know, it was said about John the Baptist, he is the forerunner. Because he paved the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ became our forerunner. So John the Baptist is the forerunner for Jesus. And Jesus became the forerunner for us. Before his ascension, he said, I will go to heaven to prepare a place for you. What does it mean to prepare a place? To bring chairs and tables to prepare a place for us? To build rooms or houses for each one of us? Definitely not. Preparing a place means he will enter with our humanity, with our human nature, into the Holy of the Holies. And he became a forerunner. So in his second coming, he can take all of us in him into the Holy of the Holies, into the heaven of heavens. In him, we can enter that place. So the purpose of Eucharist or communion is to be one with Christ. And when we are one with the Lord Jesus Christ, his glory will be our glory. His ascension to the heaven will be our ascension. He is seated in the heavenly place and this is for us. And here on earth, while we are living on earth, his fulfillment of the righteous requirement of the law, his uh, prayers, his fasting, all this, his victory will be counted for us. So, when we come to worship the Lord, and when we come to partake of his holy body and his precious blood, we need actually to think about two major points. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are appreciative to all what he did for us. So this celebration is the celebration of thanksgiving. This celebration, all of us, we give thanks to him that by giving us his body and his blood, now we are one with him and now we can enter into the holy of the holies with him. We 
are grateful to all the gifts that he gave us. That's why it is called Eucharist. Eucharistia means thanksgiving. And the second point we need to think about, are we coming with repentant heart? It is not something easy to be united with the Lord of Lords and God of Gods. If we come with a repentant heart, we will take life. And his victory will be our victory. His glory will be our glory. But if we take of his body and his blood, not with a repentant heart, just as a routine, not realizing what we are eating and drinking, it is the body and blood of the Son of God, if we are not realizing this and we partake of his body and blood unworthily without being repentant, as St. Paul said, we will become guilty of the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to come with a heart full of thanksgiving and with a repentant heart. Thus, when we eat his body and drink his blood, it will give us life. As he said, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.